0: wins, and then Florida State pulls off the upset against Gonzaga. It's a repeat of the 2018 Elite Eight, which will be pretty exciting. New year, same result. New year, same result. All right, that's all the time we have for you today. Thank you, Teddy and Alex, for joining me on the Daily Sports Report brought to you by WCBN Sports. Uh, We'll leave you with that. And a uh, good night and go blue tonight. his box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away What's that? his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay
1: It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. And Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30. We're going to look at something very special this week. April Fool's Day is coming up. We're going going to look at some food-related April Fool's Day jokes in history, all courtesy of Hoaxes.com, which has a list of the 100 best April Fool's days. April Fool Days' Jokes is in Histories. First, I want to draw your attention to their number one selection. Let's get right to it. This is from a broadcast from April 1st, 1957. This was on the very respected BBC news show, Panorama. Listen closely now. You may learn something, but I wouldn't uh, necessarily bet money. (laughs)
2: It isn't only in Britain that spring this year has taken everyone by surprise. Here, in the Ticino, on the borders of Switzerland and Italy, the slopes overlooking Lake Lugano have already burst into flower, at least a fortnight earlier than usual. But what, you may ask, has the early and welcome arrival of bees and blossom to do with food? Well, it's simply that the past winter, one of the mildest in living memory, has had its effect in other ways as well. Most important of all, it's resulted in an exceptionally heavy spaghetti crop. The last two weeks of March are an anxious time for the spaghetti farmer. There's always the chance of a late frost, which, while not entirely ruining the crop, generally impairs the flavour and makes it difficult for him to obtain top prices in world markets. But now these dangers are over and the spaghetti harvest goes forward. Spaghetti cultivation here in Switzerland is not, of course, carried out on anything like the tremendous scale of the Italian industry. Many of you, I'm sure, will have seen pictures of the vast spaghetti plantations in the Po Valley. For the Swiss, however, it tends to be more of a family affair. Another reason why this may be a bumper year lies in the virtual disappearance of the spaghetti weevil, the tiny creature whose depredations have caused much concern in the past. After picking, the spaghetti is laid out to dry in the warm, alpine sun. Many people are often puzzled by the fact that spaghetti is produced at such uniform length. But this is the result of many years of patient endeavour by plant breeders, who've succeeded in producing the perfect spaghetti. And now, the harvest is marked by a traditional meal. Toasts to the new crop are drunk in these boccolinos, And then the waiters enter, bearing the ceremonial dish. And it is, of course, spaghetti. Picked earlier in the day, dried in the sun, and so brought fresh from garden to table at the very peak of condition. For those who love this dish, there's nothing like real homegrown spaghetti.
1: Isn't that lovely and true... It really happened because it was on the respected British television show called Panorama. It must be true because it was on TV, but in fact, surprisingly, the spaghetti harvest was a joke. And as a matter of fact, you can type in spaghetti harvest on YouTube and you can see the lovely black and white footage of Swiss peasants gently taking the spaghetti off of the trees. Yes, that happened in April 1st, 1957. Apparently huge numbers of people were fooled by it. Many called the BBC wanting to know how they could grow their own spaghetti tree. To this, the BBC diplomatically replied, place a sprig of spaghetti in a tin of tomato sauce and hope for the best. And yes, you can watch that lovely footage yourself. Yes, go to YouTube. Type in Spaghetti Harvest, or maybe save it for April Fool's Day. Here's another bit of April Foolery from April 1st, 1878. The New York Graphic, a newspaper, ran an article with the following headline, A food creator. Edison invents a machine that will feed the human race. Manufacturing biscuit, meat, vegetables, and wine out of air, water, and common earth. Wow. It's really true, only... There's an entire article on it, but, well, maybe not really true. So, maybe I'm maybe I'm spoiling it by telling you it's not true. Should I tell you it's not true? No, I probably shouldn't tell you. It's true! So, here's the story of another something or other. This April Fool's Day coming up, events coming up around town, we'll talk about that too. In the meantime, here's some foolish music by the Polish Muslims of Hamtramck. Often I play many of their fine Punchki songs on Punchki Day, and thereabouts, Punchki Week, Punchki Month, the whole thing. But they also have songs about important things like kielbasa, which are not strictly Punchki Day-related, and charninja, which is a duck's blood soup. And I see on this website, thespruceeats.com. It's called duck's blood soup or goose blood soup. It's a Polish favorite, they say, that originated as a way to use up every part of a slaughtered duck or goose. It says here, though, if you don't have access to a freshly slaughtered duck or goose and its blood, you may be able to purchase the blood at a Polish deli or and duck parts from a butcher or use blanched pork neck bones. If blood isn't available or distasteful, try schlepo czarninia, which is blood-free. You might like to cream your czarninia and serve it with kluski noodles. Czarninia gets its name from the Polish word Black, charnie, referring to the soup's dark color. It's typically made with duck or goose blood, dried fruits and vinegar, giving it a sweet and sour flavor, much loved by Eastern Europeania Europenia's charninia's. Let's just get on with the song. You remember Funky Cold Medina by Tone Tonlok? Sure you do. But here, with a response is the Polish Muslims, are the Polish Muslims.
3: And we go a little something like this, get it? And for some soup, yeah. But like that, like Will Ensertome, dime bougie dupe, yeah. The waitresses are all around, but none of them wanna serve me. My socks are white, my shoes are red, but where are Sophie's punch Waitresses are staring, something purple in a jar. Slurping soup with some no name chump, and my kishka's fried in lard. So I got up and I walked over in that little posed cantina. I asked the guy, I said, Hutch Tutay, he said, Funky, cold chardonnina. Secret why he smelled like Vicks. Put a little Chardonnay in your Bobbie's bowl and she'll start to fart real quick. It's better than any alcohol or aphrodisiac. A couple of sips of this love soup could make your boosh a quack. So I gave some to my dog when it began to beg. He licked his bowl, he looked at me dance a polka near my leg. He used to scratch and bite me, pull up shark F Garshvina. But now all the poodles come to my house for that funky cold chardnina. I got all them dogs coming to my house for the chardnina. I got Rin Tin Tin, Lassie, Air Bud, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, Kathleen Bouvier coming to my house for the chardnina. So I this girl. She said, Jin W, my name's Castina. I said, I bet she'd be good for a go there, that funky cold chardina. She said, I want some soup. I said, hmm I'll go get it. And a couple of slurps and a big old, uh, knew that she was with it. I took her to my crib. I knew it was a con, she got undressed, it was a big old mess, castigna was a mon. So I threw out, I don't mess around with no polska kovasca wiener. You gotta be sure, the pine is pure for that funky coach chardita. I know it's a 20th century, but the pine it ain't meant to be. Saddle. Kinda felt like it was scorching, so I took me a shot as a contestant on the wheel of fortune. The audience applauded, but I was not a winner. So I took Van a to under the eagle for Charnina with her dinner. We had a- Couple of drinks, man that Vanna show could guzzle him. Before I knew it, she wanted to audition for the Polish Muslims So I grabbed my coat, I hit the dough. said Vanna, I'll be seeing you That's how I know you can't mess around with that funky cold charnina <laughs>
1: We're here for educational purposes, folks, just so you know. That is the Polish Muslims and funky cold Charninia. It's about 20 minutes to 7, and at 7 o'clock, it's Arwolf and Face the Music. Lots of great things happening around Ann Arbor, like spring, for instance, right? Meanwhile, the Ann Arbor Festival continues through this Sunday, the 31st. Lots of amazing work, narrative films, experimental films, animated films, all kinds of things at the Michigan Theater on Liberty Street. After the film festival, I should mention there's an after party this Sunday at 8 p.m. at Babs Underground from 8 p.m. to midnight, and it will feature a live performance of Cowboy Microwave Music by Elliot Sheedy with a threshing floor stage created by the artist Sophia Caetano. That's at Babs Underground in Ann Arbor. The Ann Arbor Film Festival after-party featuring cowboy microwave music. The event is from 8 to midnight, so I'm not sure during what period the cowboy microwave music will be, but with a name like that, I don't think it's something you want to take a chance on missing. There's also going to be a Japan culture festival this Sunday. It'll be at the U of M Trotter Multicultural Center, and there will be food, games, and performances highlighting Japanese culture. That's this Sunday from noon to 4 p.m. More and more and more things going on. In the meantime, I want to take a moment to say farewell to a wonderful musical force in many of our lives, Mr. Ranking Roger, Ranking Roger of the English Beat. I loved that band. I still love their music. And Ranking Roger, it's amazing to me, when they first put out their first hit, Mirror in the Bathroom, Ranking Roger was only 17. And mirror in the bathroom has a reference to can I take you to a restaurant? It's got nice tables. You can watch yourself while you are eating, a food song. They also do a song called Aki One Two Three, a reference to a wonderful Caribbean fruit. But neither of those had Ranking Roger prominently. So I'm just going to turn mirror in the bathroom over to the back of the mirror, and here is jackpot. Not about food, but good enough food for the fruit for thought, food for the mind. Here is uh, English beat. Prominently featuring Ranking Roger, skank in peace, my friend. Thank you, Ranking Roger. Thank you, English Beat, for that wonderful music you gave us. Ranking Roger, thank you. And like I said before, skank in peace, that is jackpot. It's Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture. Some events going on around town. Well, there are fish fries all over. Fish are flying everywhere, and they're getting fried. And But I'll mention one coming up tomorrow night at Zalgaz Grotto on Stadium Boulevard. I was struck by the menu listed in the Ann Arbor Observer with the main ingredient being cod loins. Cod loins. I was a little confused. Well, it turns out they're cut from the middle section of the fattest part of the filet. They're considered the prime cut. So there you go. That's tomorrow evening starting at 5.30 at the Zalgaz Grotto on Stadium. Meanwhile, this Sunday at the Traverwood branch of the Ann Arbor District Library, kids pre-K through grade 5 can learn about poisson d'avril, the April fish, the French version of April Fool's Day, Wikipedia says in 1508, French a French poet referred to a poisson d'avril, my best French accent, sorry, and that may have been the first reference to the celebration in France. How does it work? Kids pin paper fish to people's backs as a prank, and when the joke is discovered, they shout poisson d'avril. Just keep that cod loin away from me and we're good, that's coming up at the Traverwood branch of the Ann Arbor District Library this Sunday. Okay, here's uh, one of the biggest hits I've ever played on this program. This song sold 17 million copies. 16 million of them 16 million of them alone in Liechtenstein. Here is the biggest hit Gary Lewis and the Playboys ever had. Here is It's a song about food, wouldn't you know? Doin' the flake. <laughs>
4: The flame, fling, fling, fling,
1: was that song over? Okay. That is doing the flake by Gary Lewis and the playboys. And I was only joking about it selling 17 million copies. It sold 17 billion copies. That was in 1965. It was the year I was born and I wrote it. It's April fool's day coming up. Coincidentally. And uh, let's see, where where, where was I? Okay. So some more April fool's day pranks from hoaxes.com In April 1st, 1983, New Scientist magazine ran an article about the first successful plant-animal hybrid that had resulted in a tomato containing genes from a cow. The cow tomato was said to have a tough, leathery skin and grew discus-shaped clumps of animal protein sandwiched between an envelope of tomato fruit. The article had clues that it was a joke, such as the names of the researchers mcdonald and wimpy who supposedly supposedly worked at the university of hamburg but a brazilian science magazine seriously ran a feature about the new cow tomato combo several weeks later oops of course the grand irony is that a company did eventually make an experimental tomato that contained a fish gene this is really true that was what they called an antifreeze gene, and that really sounds like I'm joking now, but it was an antifreeze gene from a winter flounder. Sounds like an April Fool's joke, antifreeze, but it was real. However, it was never actually commercialized. So, sadly, no cow-tomato-tomato-cows available, at least not now in the studio. Speaking of which, uh, the British supermarket chain Tesco on April 1, 2002, ran an ad in The Sun announcing the successful development of a genetically modified whistling carrot. The ad explained that the carrots had been specially engineered to grow with tapered air holes in their side. When fully cooked, these air holes caused the vegetable to emit a 97-decibel signal indicating they should be removed from the stove, 97 decibels is about the noise level of a jackhammer, so you know you want to hear that. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and here's a group called The Fools. ¶¶
4: I can't relax This Colonel Sanders job is getting me down A crazy chicken chasing me all over town ah! Psycho chicken A lot, but he's not saying anything. <laughs> I plucked him once, why pluck him again? <laughs> the psycho chicken. Someone took him home Ate him for lunch And it tasted real fine But uh-huh. the guy who ate him He just lost his mind uh-huh. Saigo chicken Casca
1: Well, that was harrowing. That was The Fool's and Psycho Chicken. Thank you. Thank you for that. And wow. This is WCBN-FM in Arbor. FM in Arbor. WCBN-FM Ian Arbor. I've been Mike for a while. Thank you for letting me do that. Let's wrap this up with a song that is very pre the Music appropriate. Here are the corn cobblers. It's sort of about food. Don't shoot the bartender. He's half shot now. Goes like this. Thank you for listening and keep on doing that.
4: I just came away from a little cafe Where two cunning gents held up the crowd They ransacked the till, started shooting Until the freeloaders pleaded out loud Please don't shoot the bartender He's half shot now We just spent a pound, he owes us a round He'll buy us one if you'll allow He's just getting over a bender This is Emma the Cow Oh, don't shoot the bartender He's half shot now Where's he's a wow, He lives on a strict liquid diet and seems to enjoy it and howl. So don't shoot the bartender. He's had.
0: just heard a a concrete example of why we're very lucky to have Mike Perini broadcasting every Thursday night on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is R. Wolf, and I'm happy to be here. How are you feeling? Well, we'll see what we can do about that. I would like to begin with something that I tried to air a little while ago. Let me explain. Not long ago, I attempted to play the record that you're about to hear, but a tornado came walking through the region and interfered with everything. So if the tornadoes will kindly just, you know, abate, and maybe the storm front can just sort of get mellow here for a minute, I would like to air this again uh, without any uh, interruption from the emergency uh, broadcast announcer. This is uh, the pianist Dick Hyman, H-Y-M-A-N, and it's from an album called If Bix Played Gershwin. So we're imagining what would have happened if Bix Spiderbeck had lived a bit longer and gotten a hold of all of these melodies by George Gershwin and done wonderful things with them. I know of at least one household that uh, heard this broadcast of this recording and actually has gone about the business of of